Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. It's a delight to be here today with Rabbi Jeffrey A. Middleman, who is the founding director of Sinai and Synapses, an organization that bridges the scientific and religious worlds. He was ordained by the Hebrew Union College, Jewish Institute of Religion, where he received the Korakon Prize from the Cincinnati faculty for the most outstanding sermon delivery and oratory. An alumnus of Princeton University, he received multiple prizes for outstanding scholarship in biblical and Judaic studies, and he was also on Jeopardy. So um, we here at Valley Beat Madrash are thrilled to be a part of Sinai and Synapses this year, where we're able to explore this. But tell us, for those who this is all new for them, why did you start this enterprise? Sure. So thank you. And first of all, it's wonderful to be with you and so excited to be connected with Valley Beit Midrash and, and you personally and the work that you all are doing. So one thing that we've really realized is the challenge in the Jewish community is not getting Jews excited about science. It's about getting Jews excited about Judaism. There is a long history and a long trajectory of Jews being so deeply immersed in the scientific world. I think a lot of that is, is some of the Talmudic argumentation. Um, some of it is the way that we read text. And I think there are some, some historical and sociological elements there. But Jews just tend to really eat up science left and right. And there's not a chance to be able to explore some of the big live issues where we can bring wisdom from both science and Judaism, ranging from everything from artificial intelligence to genetic engineering to climate change. Right? We need the best scientific knowledge and wisdom that we can have on these topics. And how can these help either inform or be informed by Jewish texts and Jewish values and Jewish tradition. So a lot of what scientists and synagogues aims to do, that's one of our projects through Sinai and Synapses, project scientists and synagogues is using the amazing scientists who are members of communities to help them share their work as scientists in the context of a Jewish community, where that conversation then can highlight some of these issues from both a Jewish perspective and a scientific perspective. Amazing, amazing. So um, what's, what would you say your, your longer term vision would be? Like, how would you measure the success of this in 10 years from now? Yeah, so there are, there are a few different ways. I think the biggest is the way that people think about the relationship between science and religion. Because in American society right now, this is something that, that we say all the time, there's a perception it's a false perception, but there's a perception in America right now that there's two sides and they are on diametrically opposing sides and, and they are always going to be arguing. One side is viewed as scientific and educated and liberal, and the other side is viewed as religious and uneducated and conservative. And there's a belief that if you buy anything from either of those columns, you've got to buy everything in that column. And it's even better if you demonize the other side. And that creates not only problems 
politically and, and interpersonally. It also creates problems intrapersonally, right? A lot of, a lot of Jews will tend to, to be, they tend to be for a variety of reasons, very educated, loving science, often politically liberal, which then means, well, how do I view my sense of religion? What happens if I might be a little bit more politically conservative? How do I then fit into the wider society? How do I fit into my own sense of identity? And so one thing that we really aim to be able to talk about with Sinai and Synapses is how do we have a sense of integration? Um, because there is wisdom from all of those different sides, both in terms of the intellectual piece, but the personal piece. So one thing that we've really discovered is that in, in the Jewish world, Jews tend to, to bifurcate their sense of identity. They tend to think of my science is on one side and my Judaism is on the other. And, you know, if you're, if you're somebody who's a traditional Jew who's also a doctor, right, you, you tend to work in the hospital six days a week and then you daven on Shabbat and, and never the twain shall meet. And that works for a lot of Jews until there's something that where there's like a, a pushback or if you scratch it a little bit, like, well, actually, wait a minute how do I think about these questions of climate change? How do I think about these questions of self-driving cars? How do I think about questions of genetic engineering? And one thing that we've discovered is that through programming and through relationships and through education, the number of Jews who say my Judaism is separated, that number actually goes way down. And the number of people who say I see them as integrated and part of a whole, that number shoots way up. And that's one of our most exciting metrics is that is that people, after they go through some of these programmings, after they hear their friends talking about their science and their Judaism, they themselves reintegrate who they are as individuals and as a part of a society. Very cool. Wow. That's so powerful. Thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing. I wonder if you can share uh, an experience or two, a powerful moment or two that yeah. emerged in this work for you where you kind of saw this coming to life. Yeah, I mean, there, there have been a few, we've been running this program since 2016. And, and by the way, we right now, we're recording this at the end of October, there's an open application right now, uh, through the middle of November. So if this excites you, you can be engaged. There have been a few of these one uh, in the first round, um, there was a uh, a gentleman, his name is Pekka Sinervo, who was one of the discoverers of the Higgs boson. And he was also the president of his reform synagogue in Toronto. But he was also in conversation with a conservative synagogue in Toronto that wanted to partner. And so Pekka, as the physicist, at the president of the reform synagogue, was in conversation with a conservative rabbi. And they did a, a, a program on, is God a particle physicist? And they did this in Toronto, and it happened to be the night that Brett Stevens was speaking, and there was a memorial uh, for Shimon Perez that same day, and they still drew 150 people in this auditorium thinking about these questions about, is God a particle physicist? Not only because this is a fascinating question, but because they had a relationship. They, they joined together, and they saw not only this brilliant physicist, but their friend, and, and not only this rabbi who's a, a, a Baruch Friedman Cole, not only was he a brilliant rabbi, but oh my goodness, this is, this is somebody that I know that I'm connected with. That was one that, that, that really inspired me. Another was um, Rabbi Annie Tucker, who had been a, in uh, Wilmette, Illinois, and she's now in, in White Plains. She did a whole piece about um, the neuroscience of free will. And she had said that w when she was there, often it was challenging to get people involved in adult ed, right? It was kind of like pulling teeth to get people on a committee. She put this out there and she did a, a, a program where she said she had three other people 
to, out of the blue, emailed her, say, I want to be involved. How can I do this? Um, and then another one, another one that I thought was, was incredible was Rabbi uh, Rachel Gurevitz in, uh, in um, Massachusetts, where there's a lot of tech work. They did a lot about the way technology is changing who we are. And so she invited uh, Jeremy Wertheimer, who is a VP at Google, to do a whole piece about the, the ethics of self-driving cars and how that matches with the ox that gores. And, and bringing in biblical and, and Talmudic texts and saying that can actually show some wisdom about this thing that we haven't even thought about. You know, it's a brand new thing in the last 10 years. And again, had, had 150, 200 people coming for these programs. All of these programs, everyone's saying, the rabbi will look around, they'll go, I don't recognize half of these people. Who are these people? This is amazing. I think because people are excited to explore these kinds of questions. Yes. You know, I love it. And in my own theology and thinking, I, I often think the Torah is not this little contained thing here and science is in this little container thing here, but actually everything becomes enlarged and expands as they, uh, as they engage with each other. These new connections can just enable kind of a liberation of thought that it can be so expansive. And so our ability to engage in Jewish studies is not what's already there. It can, the whole realm can expand. And, and one thing, and, and, it, and it's, a, it's an image that I love both because it is rooted in the brain and it's also rooted in biblical text. And it's very much my theology, which is that the synapse and, and, and our organization, Sinai and Synapses, the image is uh, a Torah on one side and, and, and the synapse, which helps you learn and grow, that's on the other side. But there's a space. There needs to be a space to be able to cross and, and without that space, nothing happens. There's no learning. There's no growth. And, and the image of where does God live, if you go back to Exodus and where's the Mishkan, it's the, it's the cherubim that face each other, the cherubim, and they face each other. And God dwells in the space where the cherubim face mm -hmm. each other. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be able to have that expansiveness and openness to be able to say, I don't know everything. These are not closed doors. We need to open up these conversations. I love that. It reminds me of Buber in, in the realm of dialogue, that in an I-it, I'm manipulating that other bit just to fit, right? right. But actually in an I-thou, you, you encounter separately. There's a space between that can't be crossed. It, I mean, it can be crossed, but it can't be equated. And so I, I, I love that, that space to really enable, um, yeah, that God can be found in that space as well. And one thing that we've really discovered because we've had, we've had synagogues in like Eugene, Oregon and in, and in North Carolina uh, and in Houston, Texas, and you know, they're all over, all over North America. Um, we've had about 25 synagogues go through this and reach, I think a total of 10,000 people in person. Um, but one thing that, that we've really discovered is the scientists always get a little bit nervous of like, do I need to talk about theology? And the rabbis get a little bit nervous of like, do I need to talk about science? And, and we respond that, no, you need your team to be well-rounded, but you need to be sharp, right? The rabbi needs to be the expert in text, and that's your job, and to be curious enough about the science. And scientists, you need to be sharp about your area of expertise, and you need to be curious about the Judaism. And we have found that when it's the rabbi and the scientist in conversation with each other, that changes the rabbi, it changes the scientist, and it changes the community as a whole, because they're seeing not each person trying to fit it a square peg into a round hole, but each, each person bringing their passion and expertise and knowledge, and that creates something that is brand new that's never, never been experienced before. We often talk in Musar work of how to flip judgment into curiosity. 
Mm-hmm. So that spirit of, of uh, needing to be the master and judging what we know, you know and, and, and who's right and who's wrong, a spirit of curiosity. And I love that framework. Friends, I, we hope you'll check out the wonderful work of Sinai and Synapses. You can learn a lot from what's already been done. And, um, and for our Valley Beit Midrash community, we hope you'll tap into the many programs we have lined up already and more to come in partnership with Sinai and Synapses. Rabbi Jeffrey Middleman, keep up your amazing work. Thank you so much, Rabbi Yankel. It's great to see you.